stop bullying and shouting at the lower orders? Never! There's only one way to win a campaign. Shout, shout and shout again! This is Shot and Shield. Uh, listening in Berlin, Germany, Tupelo, Mississippi, and Mexico City, Mexico, this is the Shot and Shield Supercast, a podcast dedicated to 19th century wargaming and history, a program meant to be heard while you are painting your miniatures and building your terrain. I am your host, the Grand Duke Scott of the Duchy of Florida. I don't know why they don't rush us right now. We wouldn't stand a chance. Now, uh, before we get into uh, all the fun stuff today, I, I have to say this. I think I should call this the month in review because I'm going to be dropping an episode every week as part of my October review revolution in 10 reviews that shook the world. Little homage to Jack Reed, the author and uh, adventurer, and his uh, very amazing book, 10 Days That Shook the World, about the October revolutions uh, in Russia. The Soviets have no more local autonomy. The central state has all the power. All the power is in the hands of a few men, and they are destroying the revolution. Every single newspaper has been shut down or taken over by the party. Anyone even vaguely suspected of being a counter-revolutionary can be taken out and shot without a trial. Where does that end? Is any nightmare justifiable? What did you think this thing was going to be? A revolution by consensus? Where we all sat down and agreed over a cup of coffee? Did you really think things were going to work right away? Did you really expect social transformation to be anything other than a murderous process? It's a war, E.G., and we got to fight it like we fight a war with discipline, with terror, with firing squads, or we just give it up. Those four million people didn't die fighting war. They died from a system that cannot work. It's just the beginning, E.G. It's not happening the way we thought it would. It's not happening the way we wanted it to, but it's happening. Ten reviews that shook the world. This means the episodes might be a little shorter, but you'll be getting them weekly in October. In this episode, I'll be reviewing a book called Commander Will Cushing, Daredevil Hero of the Civil War by Jamie Malinowski. And I'll be looking at 28mm Dutch colonial figures from Tiger Miniatures. In later episodes this month, I'll be reviewing a board game called Revolution of 1828. I'll also be reviewing the 1951 Rock Hudson Classic Seminal. Uh, More miniature reviews, more game reviews, more movie reviews all month as I give you and present to you 10 reviews that shook the world. Now, later in this program, I'd like to uh, game the American frontier with you, not the Wild West. But the United States, uh, just after the Louisiana Purchase, because I think that uh, there's a theater of interest there, because I think it doesn't get gamed very much. And I'll also close uh, today's show with uh, a show about the War of 1812 and pirates in the Barbary Coast from the Cavalcade of America. We'll do that a little bit later, but right now, let's answer some emails. Germany calling, London calling, Moscow calling, Washington, D.C. calling, Peking calling, Sydney calling. Message for you, sir. It's time to answer some emails from all around the world. As he, uh, today's first communication comes from a friend of the podcast, Jonathan Ward, where he took umbrage at our Eurocentric uniform program that I had with Claude Bailey, the friar of 54mm, the best-dressed man in our hobby, and Wargamer's very own bon vivant. But, uh, you know, Jonathan, he, he liked the show, but he was like, you know, there's some other uniforms out there you guys missed. And uh, this is what he wrote. Uh, he said, Hi, Scott. Just got around to listening uh, to the Supercast. Very enjoyable. The chat on uniforms 
was interesting even with the er technical difficulties. I had some technical difficulties last uh, last time that uh, made me mental. And he continues. I think you were a little Eurocentric through uh, the show. So to balance it out, here are some fine-looking African fellows in their uniforms. Now, he had posted some fantastic uh, pictures of tribal wear on the Shot and Shield Wargaming uh, podcast uh, and the, the group on Facebook uh, and uh, some good stuff. And there were, he had uh, uh, a Montebelli uh, Insuga Regiment, uh, Zade Warriors, also a Nandi Warrior, Canem uh, Bornu, uh, Morishante warriors, Madagascan warriors, African Arabs. And he has some really good pictures on there. So if you have a chance, you want to see some uh, other uniforms from the native tribes of Africa, that is uh, what I suggest you do. Just go to the Shot and Shield uh, podcast wargaming page, or wargaming group, I should say, on uh, Facebook, and uh, you can check that out. Uh, it was some really great pictures, and Jonathan knows this stuff too, so that's good. But I have to tell you, uh, Jonathan, it wasn't my intention, nor I'm sure it wasn't uh, uh, the bon vivants intention to be very Eurocentric. However, I, I don't think it's right to pretend about stuff that we're not experts on. And you know what? Let me tell you something. Claude Bailey knows his uniforms. That's why I wanted him on the show. You know, as I continue to uh, build the show, I think that uh, trying to have the experts come on to talk about some of these uh, other areas that I'm not proficient in uh, is uh, more important. And I've been trying to do that. It's just the scheduling. That's it. Just the scheduling thing. Eh, what are you going to do? Let's see. Uh, the next uh, email here. This one, email. I got an email from Terry in Lake City. That's here in Florida. Listening in, in, uh, he's listening on Apple Music. And he writes, Duke, love the show. I was under the impression that you were going to be at Huracan. Did I miss you? No, Terry, I, uh, <laughs> you did not miss me. I just finished this uh, monster stretch at work that started on September 10th and ended on September 29th. The last 12 days doing 13 hours each day. So unfortunately, there was absolutely no way I was uh, going to get to Huracan. That sucks. I'm sad. But I know that there will be other conventions out there. So I'm not going to not gonna go nutty over it. But I will tell you that I have been getting all my miniatures and all my games ready for this Huracan. So not being able to be there uh, was kind of a bummer. But, you know, what do you got to do? You got to make the donuts, right? But I promise that you've not seen the last at me at conventions. All right, uh, this is going to be our last email. And this email comes from Larry in St. Louis, listening on the Spotify app. And Larry writes, Duke, I game Dutch Colonials, and you are Dutch. At least your last name sounds Dutch, so why don't you ever talk about Dutch Colonials? Are you not proud? Well, Larry, uh, first, I'm an American, all right? So I'll put it out there like that. I mean, I'm 50% Dutch, and my grandmother came over on the boat. Cool. Uh, but I've, I, I've never really been into Dutch Colonials. However, for you and part of my 10 reviews that shook the world in this episode, as I stated earlier, I'll be reviewing the Dutch Colonials from Tiger Miniatures. And I, just putting that out there, you know, without your email, I would never have thought about doing that. So because your email, that's why. I'm doing the Dutch Colonials uh, from Tiger Miniatures today in this program. And with that, I'm actually going to end the communications and emails right there, get into the meat of the program. But first, remember that all this month, you can save 20% on your purchase at Dr. Harold's with the promo code SHOT20. Visit drharold.myshopify.com. 
That's drherald.myshopify.com. Place your order and use the promo code SHOT20 to get 20% off your purchase. Next up, my review of the biography of Commander Will Cushing. Next on Shot and Shield. This is Shot and Shield. Hi ho, tip tip from Bernard, your uncle. The Shot and Shield YouTube channel is one of the places you can hear the podcast, but also where you can stay caught up on your favorite 19th century style movies, like the first 14 episodes of the masterpiece theater classic, Sharp, as well as movies I've reviewed on the podcast in a special Shot and Shield Presents playlist. You can also see clips of battles played out from Hollywood and documentaries as well. Go to YouTube, search out Shot and Shield, and subscribe today. This is Shot and Shield. Oh, oh, honor is satisfied. God clearly preserves you for greatness. Now, as part of my 10 reviews that shook the World Series, I wanted to present something uh, to you that has some dash. As you may or may not know, like I said uh, earlier in the program, I've been on this 23-day stretch at my job. And at lunch, I took some time to read a few pages uh, at a time of uh, this book. It's a Commander Will Cushing, Daredevil Hero of the Civil War by Jamie Malinowski. This is uh, really the first time I ever heard of uh, Commander Will Cushing. I, I never heard of him before I picked up this book. So I didn't know much about the events that led to him becoming a hero. Now, the book starts out by telling the story of his early years as a child, his time at the Navy Academy where he got kicked out in 1857, and how he got back into the U.S. Navy at the start of the U.S. Civil War. Now, the meat of the book is dedicated to his one mission that made him a hero. The Confederate ironclad CSS Albemarle was running the Roanoke River and blockading it from the Union. So every time the Union would send a ship or ships into the Roanoke to take care of business, they got the business back and they left damaged or sunk and they were having a real tough time. Commander Will Cushing, then a lieutenant, devised a bunch of plans to take care of the Albemarle. Eventually, the U.S. Navy Department agreed on one of the plans and hence this is what the majority of the book is about. He took a team of two steam launches and crews up the Roanoke under cover of darkness and torpedoed and sank the Albemarle. I don't really do the story justice at all because there's a lot of intrigue in the story itself. That's why I'm not going to tell you much about it because if I do, if you decide to pick up the book, you're going to be like, wow, you just gave away the whole deal. Because I found it really interesting because there is, the Confederates were capturing some of the sailors, other sailors got away, the river itself, the Roanoke River was cold. So, I mean, there's a lot of things going on. Plus, to understand how the the torpedoes were launched off of these uh, steam launches is actually quite inventive. So, as I said, I don't do the story justice, but I will tell you, I'm surprised they haven't made a movie of this. Or maybe they have and I just missed it, but uh, I'm really surprised they didn't make a movie out of it. The author, Jamie uh, Malinowski, he does a good job telling the story. I got to say, I do have another reason why I'm recommending this book. There are a lot of scenarios that you can garner out of this book. There is so much there. At one point, Commander Cushing was sent off to China to be with the U.S. Asiatic Fleet, plus his U.S. Civil War service makes for some great wargaming ideas. 
So if you're trying to figure out some scenarios, this book actually might help you come up with a few of them. I know that's uh, put a couple in back of my head that I'll probably use uh, even outside of uh, Civil War, outside of China stuff. It, it was a good read. Once again, the book is called Commander Will Cushing, Daredevil Hero of the Civil War by Jamie Malinowski. All right, next up, let's game the 1820s frontier on Shot and Shield. This is Shot and Shield. You don't think I too dream of peace? You don't think I too yearn to end this damn dirty job we call soldiering? Frankly, no. Shot and Shield is brought to you by Dr. Harold's Hobby Supplies, a one-stop shop for tools, paint, glue, brushes, wargaming bases, display stands, model trees, static grass, dice, dice trays, and terrain materials, and even some miniatures. New items added every week. Dr. Harold's is a new dropship site, and it's growing. See the growth at drherald.myshopify.com. That's drherald.myshopify.com. Dr. Harold's Hobby Supplies, a proud sponsor of Shot and Shield. This is Shot and Shield. Oh, damn. What would you hack and see me about, General? We're on the edge of hostile territory. Do you volunteer? I reckon me and my friend Russell will be glad to get you out of the camp for a spell. This is a military operation, not a hunting product. Major Norton and a squad of regulars will accompany you. That wouldn't make the chore no easier, General. Like you say, hunting creeks in their own country ain't no frolic, no place for greenhorns. You know your woods, Crockett. Just be sure the Major brings back the information I want. All right, so I was watching Fess Parker in the Walt Disney Davy Crockett miniseries, and I was thinking about how I rarely see much gaming for that period. Uh, the 1820s to 1840s frontier of like Kentucky, Tennessee, Missouri, Illinois, Ohio, and so on, so on. Uh, from from like sort of like uh, where the 13 colonies started to the Rockies. There's plenty of gaming of Texas independence and the Mexican-American War. Plus, when you say frontier, most people think of the Wild West. So in the context of gaming the frontier, my mind goes to the exploration of the Louisiana Purchase Territories and the expansion to the Rockies. Now, when I started searching out some materials on how to game this, if I wanted to game this period, it's really not that difficult to find pieces or even rules to use. Now, for, for instance, the rule set, Blood and Steel, already covers the Seminole Wars in Florida. There's nothing stopping us from making a few small adaptions to play a true frontier game in 1823, let's say Kentucky. And if you wanted to play some pulp type of game, uh, we could always use Bob Murch's uh, Rugged Adventures or Flint and Feather. I think the difficulty appears when we look for miniatures. They're out there, but I have not seen one actual set dedicated to this theater. Old Glory has, uh, in their 25 millimeter, has a section called the American Experience, which includes the American Civil War, American Revolution, French and Indian Wars, Mexican-American War, plus a series called Mad Anthony Wayne and the American Legion. Uh, they got Pancho Villa and uh, Pershing in Mexico, Spanish-American War, Texas War of Independence and Old West. Uh, and you could probably grab pieces out of each one of those to be able to create uh, a field force or field forces uh, for the frontier that we're that we're talking about right now. Now in plastic, you got IMEX, 
they have a bunch of kits, and I'm sure that some of you have put together those kits uh, before, like I have. Uh, plus, uh, you know, I think Hat, the company Hat, has some stuff here and there that you might be able to pull together. Uh, of course, IMX and Hat are 172nd, so you're going to be playing in plastic. Uh, I saw that Dixon had some 18 millimeter uh, figs that you could pull together, a couple here, a couple there, to be able to really kind of put together uh, the area. Uh, 28 millimeter, it was actually a little tougher. I specifically searched out all the companies I could find figs that I could use for this theater, and I found pieces, but no sets whatsoever. Obviously, uh, the aforementioned Bob Murch has an excellent range of flint and feather figures. Uh, Musket and Tomahawks has a line of French Indian War figures, uh, which could you could piece together some trappers and some indigenous peoples and put together for a game. Crusader Miniatures has a line of woodland Indians in 28mm. Uh, Foundry, uh, War Games Foundry, has a nice selection of North American animals that would do the trick. I think you might be able to dig into some Canadian Mountie lines uh, to dig up characters that you might be able to use for uh, uh, this theater of the first frontier. Now, terrain on this, it's easy. All you need is a bunch of trees, lots of trees, greenery, probably a bunch of little small creeks and hilly areas. I think you're fine there. Overall, I think that the rules and the terrain are probably the easiest part of gaming the frontier. I feel that it's harder, though, to put together a field force uh, and game pieces that work. However, like I said, I dug around and I found uh, that I could probably muster up some the, the correct indigenous peoples, characters, militias, and uh, animals that I could put together and put a decent four-by-four, four-foot-by-four-foot uh, four game together. Um, so please, uh, if you give this a try, Please share your pictures and your game reports to the Shot and Shield Podcast Wargaming Group on Facebook. I have a feeling that uh, I'll be uh, completing my current projects by the end of the year, so maybe I'll jump in uh, and get out of Central Asia for a little bit uh, for my New Year uh, project, but I, I don't know. Just just a, just a thought, and I hope that uh, just talking about it makes you think, ah, you know, that might be a, kind of a good idea. Next up, I take a look at Tiger Miniatures Dutch Colonials as 10 reviews that shook the world continues this month on Shot and Shield. This is Shot and Shield. Good luck against those elephants. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of... Oh, oh Hello. You just caught me, famous podcaster and influencer Duke Scott, reading in my study. You know what? Since you're here, let me tell you about a great way to connect with uh, our Shot and Shield gaming community. It's through social media. On Facebook, the Shot and Shield Podcast Wargaming Group, where you can find a lot of info about this podcast, but also get wargaming and painting advice from our member experts. You can even learn how to dress like a true 19th century hero from friend of the podcast, Claude Bailey. If you have any questions or comments, you can also hit us up on Twitter at Shot and Shield or email me at shotandshield at gmail.com. When you get to the Facebook group, the Twitter feed, or even the YouTube page, like, subscribe, and if you feel inclined, share what you like. Now, if you'll excuse me, Charles Dickens awaits. Shot and Shield is a production of the Experience 13 Podcast Network. 
This is Shot and Shield. I hear that conditions in your army are appalling. Well, I'm sorry, but those are my conditions, and you'll just have to accept them. As a reminder, our sponsor, Dr. Harold's Miniatures and Collectibles, has a promo code for you that lasts all this month, the month of October 2023, where you can save 20% on your purchase. The Dr. Harold's promo code is SHOT20, S-H-O-T-20. Now, you want to visit drherald.myshopify.com. That's D-R-H-A-R-O-L-D.myshopify.com. Dot com. Place your order and use the promo code SHOT20 to get 20% off your purchase. I had um, I had an email from a gentleman. He thought I was saying Harold, like H-E-R-A-L-D, like a, like Harold, like the, the thing on a, on a shield. But no, it's Dr. Harold, H-A-R-O-L-D. And that's uh, drherald.myshopify.com. Now, as I continue, my 10 reviews that shook the World Series, and in order to mix it up, you can't do a hobby podcast without reviewing some miniatures. So let me hit it. As you heard earlier, I was already taking the task about not doing anything with Dutch Colonial Gaming, so now I plan to rectify that. Now, even though I'm, uh, like I said earlier, I was 50% Dutch, but my last name is 100% Dutch, I really don't know that much about the Dutch during the 19th century, except that they didn't really play a big part or participate that much in Europe. Uh, When the bigger players like England and France, Germany, Austria, uh, Austria, Hungary, Italy, Russia, and the Ottomans were playing uh, a bigger game. However, I was aware that the, they had colonial interests because everyone in Europe had colonial interests uh, the Dutch had made stakes in Indonesia, New Guinea, and in, in a few small areas of the world. Most of the time, they lost to the bigger players, like losing its interest in South Africa and India to the British, and then uh, losing their interest in Thailand to the French. However, the Dutch uh, did have a stronger foothold in Indonesia and New Guinea. Now, Tiger Miniatures has a line dedicated to this and features both sides of the conflict. Now, before I get, uh, get going on this, I want to tell you about the KNIL. This is the Dutch version of the British East India Company's native armies. The KNIL stands for the Royal Netherlands East Indies Army run by the Dutch government for the Dutch East Indies Company. The KNIL was involved in the Padre War between 1821 and 1845, the Java War, 1825 to 1830, the Ase War, or the Ake War, I can never pronounce that, but that was 1873 to 1904, in Lombok, 1894, and in Bali, 1849. Now, at this time, I'm going to get The second one is Sultan's Guard, and the third one is Warriors of Lumbok, and these have like spears and stuff like that. Now, the figures themselves, these these three three sets of figures aren't too bad, okay? On a scale of one to ten, I give them sort of like a six and a half, 
The figures are nice, they're a good size. They work with a lot of, they can, they fit with pretty much every, every other 28 millimeter uh, company out there. The best ones are actually the ones that I picked up, uh, Sultan's Guard. Uh, I picked them up to use them for another project, a little side project I had, and they're nice. The only thing that I wasn't really happy with was uh, they had little holes in them. And so I had to use some filler um, to cover some of the holes up or fill some of the holes uh, that were pinpointed in each of the figs. So that's something to think about. But the Sultan's Guard, uh, they were decent, but the crispness of the mold just was kind of lacking. It just, it wasn't as crisp and clear as you would want to, as you would want out of, especially if you're going to pay a lot of money for some figures. If I'm paying a lot of money, I want them really, really crisp. As for the Dutch, the KNIL troops, there was two types of infantry, one in slouch hats and others in sun helmets. Uh, let me let me talk about the sun helmet guys, because the sculpts are okay. They're pedestrian at best. And the slouch hat uh, figures, they got a command uh, command slouch, uh, slouch hat. They got an infantry slouch hat. They have an infantry in action slouch hat. And then they have a heavy machine gun, a Lewis gun, and a regular artillery piece uh, crew. The faces look really distorted. So it's almost like something happened in the mold to make the faces not so not so human-like. It's almost like they have a little bit of like space alien going on. Also, look, I want to be very careful because I don't want to say anything bad about the person who painted these figures that are, that are used to represent the colors and everything on the site because they're not, it's not a bad paint job. But I will tell you that if you're a company and you're going to put your miniatures on display, you got to have the best paint job possible. You have to show the customer what these could look like. This is why, and you know, I, I don't like to compare, and I'm not comparing, but I will say that that's why when you look at a Perry's figure on their site, they are pro. You know, when you get that, when you see that figure and it's all painted up, you're looking at that and you're thinking, you know, wow, that figure looks great. I want that figure because I think I can do just as a good, good a job to make it look fantastic. So I think that if, if any company wants to put their molds and their figures on display, you're really, if you're going to do a paint job on them, then do the paint job, make it look fantastic. Because there are some in this particular set where you look at the paint job and the guy's eyes are all wonky or it makes the face look even more distorted because you tried to do some shading and it didn't really work out. So again, if these were on the gaming table, not going to say a word. Not going to say a single word. They're painted, they're on the table, they look great, boom, we're having a game. But if you're running a business... And you're trying to make everything look as best as possible. You got to make it look as best as possible. You got to find, you, you got to have a friend who can really do a great job on these. Because, you know, I'm only reviewing one set that I actually have. And that's the Sultan's Guard. But the other ones, I'm looking at the pictures and I'm like, okay, eh, you know, I'm not really, it doesn't really make me want to 
jump in and purchase. I hope, you know, like I said, I don't want to say this to insult anybody. It's not, it's not about that at all. I'm not doing that to put anybody down. I'm just saying that if I'm a business, I want to present my wares the be- in the best light possible. All right. So that's a little, this little tidbit out there. And maybe you're starting a business, you're starting a gaming business, you're starting a miniature business. There's a little advice for you. Uh, the other thing too is that if I were going to spend a significant amount of money, I would want uh, some really good crispness in the mold uh, and be way more precise. So uh, in the pictures that I see in the in the the Sultan guard that I do that I did get, that it looks like maybe the molds might be old now. Now, if I were playing this theater and I needed an inexpensive choice that I could deal with, yeah, I'd be picking these up left and right. If they, if this were my if the Dutch Colonials were my main project, I wouldn't hesitate at all about picking up a thousand of these guys because I do think there's some there's they're easy to paint and make look good and and the price is really reasonable. So there that's a that's a good positive there. So yeah, I'd pick these up. If I was doing skirmish, I'd probably think twice because at the skirmish level I'm going to spend a lot more time in my painting than I am if I'm using a lot of figures. I hope that uh, I've helped you in looking into busting out some Dutch colonial wargaming. Now, for my next set of reviews, for 10 reviews that shook the world series, those will drop in a week, a week from now. So I ask you to subscribe to whatever podcast app you listen to. Sean Shield, there you go, Sean Shield, that's, a, that's, that's the name, and just hit like, subscribe. That way you get the update when I drop a new episode here in a week. Up next, my audio discovery. What are you waiting for? Come on, come on. Shot and Shield, your colonial wargaming podcast. The 19th century ended amid the glories of the Victorian era. Shot and Shield, a podcast dedicated to wargaming the colonial era. In those aristocratic Victorian days, when, as Disraeli said, the world was for the few and for the very few. The views expressed during Shot and Shield are the hosts and only meant to be taken seriously if you feel it's necessary. Good luck against those elephants. And now, Shot and Shield. The Shot and Shield Supercast is brought to you by Dr. Harold's Miniatures and Collectibles. We have got a promo code for you. It lasts all this month, the, uh, the month October of 2023. That way, if you're listening in like uh, in a couple years, you're listening to this episode and you're thinking to yourself, wow, I'm going to go to Dr. Harold's um, and put in the, the promo code and it doesn't work. It's for October of 2023. Anyway, so that's the, the promo code is SHOT20. Save 20% on your purchase. The Dr. Harold's promo code SHOT20. And you visit drherald.myshopify.com. That's D-R-H-A-R-O-L-D.myshopify.com. Place your order and use the promo code SHOT20 to get 20% off your purchase. Now it's time for yours truly to start digging. Digging up. Some something something vintage in the recordings to tie into our wargaming endeavor. 
and here's what I have found. When the Barbary pirates ruled the seas, especially the Mediterranean, one man was able to save several sailors and businessmen during the War of 1812 in Algeria. From 1946, the Cavalcade of America presents a show called Algerian Adventure, which I now present to you. Starring George Murphy in Algerian Adventure on the Cavalcade of America, sponsored by the DuPont Company, maker of better things for better living through chemistry. The DuPont Company presents Algerian Adventure, a story of high intrigue against the background of the War of 1812. Starring George Murphy as Mordecai Noah on the Cavalcade of America. Look here, I protest. God, lock the door. But we're American citizens. We demand our rights. <laughs> we demand to see the American consul. American consul. We frightened him away. Your country is through, finished. When you are well broken in, my friends, I shall promote you to be my slaves. The personal slaves of the Bay of Algiers. The crew of an American vessel lies imprisoned in the dungeons of the Bay of Algiers. So helpless is the American Navy, engaged in the War of 1812, that the pirates of the Barbary states, Algiers and Tunis, prey freely on our shipping. It is then that President Madison calls to the White House a young man named Mordecai Noah. Sit down, Mr. Noah. Thank you, Mr. President. I've called you because I understand from your colleagues in the State Department that you know Arabic. Yes, Mr. President. Also, you know something of the Arab people. I've studied them quite a lot, sir. Fine. Mr. Noah, your country needs you. I'm sending you on a mission that uh, will be very dangerous. What is it, sir? You will go as a consul to Tunis. Me? Consul? Mr. President, now, I don't... Just a moment, Mr. Noah. I don't need to tell you of our desperate plight in that part of the world. In Algiers, six American sailors lie in prison, perhaps under torture. I don't dare appoint a consul in, in Algiers because his life wouldn't be safe. And uh, in Tunis? I don't know, Mr. Noah. The Bay of Tunis is unfriendly. How unfriendly, we don't know. Uh -huh. But no American ship has dared dock there for many months. We have a consular office there, but we've lost contact. I don't even know how you'll get to Tunis. But somehow you must reach there, and when you do, this is your mission. Yes, sir. If you, from Tunis, can do anything in your power to bring about the release of those men imprisoned in nearby Algiers, your country will be eternally grateful. It's a dangerous and almost hopeless mission. Will you try it? Yes, Mr. President, I will. You don't know how glad I am that you finally arrived in Tunis. You're no gladder than I am, Mr. Farrell. It's taken me months. We'll reach the consulate in just a moment. We're just beyond that park here. You know, it's a very nice-looking town. I hardly think of that anymore. Really, you don't know what a terrifying feeling it is to be here in Tunis, completely cut off. 
to know her. Do you realize that we're absolutely helpless here? Yes, I, I'm afraid I do. Uh-huh. Now, Mr. Noah, when we come to a stop at the consulate, I'll take these two suitcases of yours, and if you'll take that box, then we can make a dash for it. Uh, wait a minute. Make a dash for it? Yes, sir. Outside the building, there's generally a small crowd collected, and they amuse themselves thinking up new insults. Oh, oh. Oh, yes, I can see them. There are quite a few people there now. Yes, they shout threats, and sometimes they throw things. Why? Because they know we're losing the war. Why, Mr. Noah, if we get one more report of an American naval reverse, our lives won't be safe. Oh. Their contempt grows with every defeat. All right. Here we are. Now, get ready, Mr. Noah. Uh, Mr. Farrell, really, I'm sure it would be better to... I've got the releases. Are you ready? Oh, my goodness. Uh, come on, Mr. Noah. Uh, just a minute, Mr. Farrell. You know, uh, uh, that's a very interesting tree there. Very interesting specimen. How beautifully it grows here. Mr. Noah, please, this way. Come, hurry. Uh, salamu alaikum. Salamu alaikum, Americani. Shara. Mr. Noah, please, come inside. Uh, just a moment, Mr. Farrell, just a moment. Get ready to move fast when I tell you. Uh, this is really a wonderful specimen of a type of tree that is particularly esteemed by the Arabs. I've just been discussing it with this gentleman. I'm very glad to find it growing in front of the consulate. Shall we uh, go in now? All right, quick, inside. Gracious, Mr. You took an awful chance. Yes, I, I know. That man had a knife on him. Yes, I know he did. I saw it. They were all armed. But good heavens, and weren't you scared? Of course I was. What do you think I am? But Mr. Farrell, we have to adopt a basic policy about things like this. Uh, what do you mean? I'm, I'm trembling all over. Uh, I'm a little shaky myself. Now, sit down. Uh, yes, sir. <clears throat> By the way, this will be your office right here, sir. Uh-huh. Very adequate. Now, sit down, Mr. Farrell. Uh, yes, sir. Now, look, Farrell, this is our policy. I, as consul, and you, as consular secretary, must never show fear in front of these people. We must always seem confident. Our attitude must be that we expect confirmation any minute of an important naval victory. Hmm. Have we anything on which to base such a hope? No, no, unfortunately, but confidence may get us some victories. Besides, as the Arab would put it, the dog with no teeth cannot join the hunt. The dog with no... an old Arab proverb, so remember, confidence. I hope you know what you're doing, sir. Now... Have we any news of those American seamen in Algiers? No, sir. We don't even know if they're still alive. It's awful. Mm -hmm, I see. Well, the president has given me $12,000 to try to ransom these men. Such a pitiful sum that I haven't much hope, but it's all we can get. So our first try will be a letter to the Bay of Algiers. Shall we start right now, sir? Why not? Take this down, Farrell. Yes, sir. Most illustrious prince, protector of the poor, defender of... Defender of the weak, I offer you for the release of your American prisoners the sum of <laughs> the sum of twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> Hassan, you will answer this young upstart Americani. Yes, my lord. You will say to the most illustrious Sayyid Noah from his. Uh, <laughs> humble servant, the Bay of Algiers. If you should place at my feet all the gold... To the most illustrious...
illustrious Seed Noah from his humble servant, the Bay of Algiers. If you should place at my feet all the gold in the world, it would not be enough. I shall keep these prisoners as my slaves. The villain. I suppose he's bargaining for a bigger offer. No, no, the letter seems too final. It doesn't have the Arab bargaining manner. Besides, there can be no bigger offer. Oh, it makes my blood boil. Well, what can we do next? Uh, hand me that police, please. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you. What can we do? We don't know what's going on. We have no money, no power. No threat that we can make is worth anything. We... Uh, what on earth? Well, how do you like it? What are you putting on those clothes for? This is the jalaba of an Arab merchant. I got it in the bazaar the other day. Here, help me with this cloak. What's that, uh, Gird, they call it. Here, it goes around the shoulder like this. Oh, there you are. Yes. You see, there are plenty of places to hide a knife or a gun. This is all very interesting, Mr. Noah, but where does it get us? Well, I'm not sure yet myself, but I know this. We need more information. We can't get it here in Tunis. So I'm going to Algiers to do some, well, uh, research. Now, uh, this dark oil, they say if you rub it into the skin, uh, yes, by golly, look at that, you see? My word. <laughs> I wouldn't believe it. <laughs> now, look, Farrell, while I'm away, do the best you can. And remember, we have intimations of an important naval victory. I wish I could feel that way. But I'll try to remember. Here, now, see how this looks. It looks very good, sir. But I hope you know how dangerous it is. All I know, Mr. Farrell, is that there are six American citizens in the dungeons of the Bay of Algiers tonight. Mr. Noah, I only pray there won't be seven by tomorrow. My lord, protector of the weak, defender of the poor. What is it? Our spies from Tunis report that the young American consul has disappeared. He's believed to have come here to Algiers, but then our men lost track of him. They do not know where he is now. You will tell the secret police to spread a wide network for him. Search through all the marketplaces. He must be made prisoner and brought to me. We shall find a place for him in our most handsome dungeon. I just bought it from a French ship in the harbor. A consignment on its way to the Orient. Very interesting. Worthy stranger. Mm -hmm. I hear through your disguise. Be careful or you will join your compatriots in the torture room of the Bay of Algiers. Mm -hmm. You are being sought by secret police. How would you know? I am a member of the secret police. Well, then... Why do you tell me? Because though I serve the Bay of Algiers, I am also a secret agent of his great rival, the Bay of Tunis. It must keep you very busy serving two masters. And it pays that. Uh, but the Bay of Tunis is a much kinder man, and I would not want to see any friend of his come to grief. A friend of his? 
Would you be allowed to continue your work over in Tunis if you were not his friend? I see. You seem to know a great deal. Uh, come into the back of my shop, where we shall not be seen. <laughs> Boxes for American concern. Where will I put them? Boxes? Packing boxes. Put them all outside. Dressed here, all right, but... Well, let's see what's inside. I, I don't know what it could be. What? Here's a jewel box. Ah, music. It makes music. A music jewel box. Ah, nice. Oh, but this is ridiculous. We haven't any use for this sort of thing. Over to Algiers to be sent here. Algiers? Well, I guess you'd better leave them out there in the hall. I'll put them out here, all of them. Yes, good. Fine, fine work to you, Sparrow. Huh? Who are you? Uh, get out. Oh, oh, Mr. Noah. Oh, you frightened me. I slipped in just now while you were talking to the French sailor. I didn't want to show myself while he was here. Oh, Mr. Noah, I'm, I'm glad you're back. I've been terrified while you were away. I was sure you'd be caught. And then these crates arrived, and it seemed so strange, I, I didn't know what to think. Well, I bought all this from a French ship. Cargo of novelties on their way to the Orient. Music boxes, watches, brocades, fancy pistols. I arranged for the boat to drop them off here in Tunis. But, Mr. Noah, you must have spent a fortune on these things. I did. I spent the ransom money. The ransom money? $12,000? That's right, all of it. What great Scott, Mr. Noah. That, that money, that was for freeing those men. Yes, I know. Why, you could be impeached for this. You could be recalled. It's disgrace. No, could... no, I don't think so, Mr. Farrell. You see, the money was for buying off the Bay of Algiers, but it didn't succeed. So we must try other means. You mean... Oh, I see. Do you follow the strategy? I think so. The Bay refuses to accept money in ransom, but flatter him with gifts. And yes. he'll begin to show respect. Mm. The Bay of Algiers is a fame man. $12,000 in gifts should certainly tickle his vanity. Yes, sir. We'll fool him. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Farrell, the gifts are not for the Bay of Algiers. I beg your pardon? They're for his enemy, the Bay of Tunis. <laughs> He likes music boxes. His secret agent told me so. Mm. Oh, protector of the poor, defender of the weak, the saved North, Americanist, Fayette North. Great ruler, in the name of my country, many boxes of fine gifts are being brought here to your palace. We think you will enjoy them. As a sample, we have brought just a few with us. Show me. I will. Now, here is a gold-studded pistol. Oh. And here is some fine brocade. Oh. And here is a clock. If you wish to be waked at a certain hour, this is how the clock does it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is good. This is good. Wait. Uh, what is a great ruler? Sayeth Nor. Some of my spies have informed me that you have gone in secret to Algiers. Have you given such presents also to my friends? 
Oh, no, no, indeed, great ruler. For him, there were none. Not that we do not uh, want friendship also with the Bay of Algiers, but our friendship for him is being shown in a different way. Oh, what way? Well, a treaty, perhaps. A treaty? Yes, in view of our growing naval might and the naval victories of which you will soon hear news, is it any surprise that a treaty with the Bay of Algiers should be, uh, shall we say, under discussion? Ah. That swine in Algiers has tricked me. He swore by Allah and the prophets that your country was weak. And that to deal with you was foolish. Yes. I see it now. He wished to be the first with the treaty and gain advantage over me. Wait. Imshi! Imshi! Fisa! Now you will dismiss your companions here at Noah. And we will talk alone, my friend. And then the treaty says, The Bay of Tunis guarantees safe passage through the waters he controls to all ships of the United States of America. In other words, Farrell, when our ships run the British blockade, they'll find refuge in Tunisian waters. I still don't know how you did it. Well, there's an Arabic proverb, uh, To a dog without meat, another dog's food is paradise. I learned in Algiers that the hatred between the two bays. But now, how are you going to use this against the Bay of Algiers? Ah, that's the problem. Can you play on his fears the same way? Well, we can try. That's the whole idea, to make him want a treaty. Ah. And then, as a condition, we'll insist on the release of those prisoners. Look, if I send a confidential report to my superiors about the new treaty, do you think we can count on it being seen by the spies of the Bay of Algiers? Well, judging from the past, I... Oh, I see what you mean. Well, well, let's put those spies to work for us. And so, in recognition of our growing naval might and the increasing success of our ships at sea, we have been able to make a very satisfactory treaty with the Bay of Tunis, where... The dog, the Bay of Tunis has tricked me. He is changing sides behind my back. We shall see. We shall see what shall be done. We shall see. that you make yourself comfortable here in this room. Please rest and refresh yourself from your journey. He will speak with you again later at the banquet. Very good, thank you. Bislama. Bislama. Hey, he bolted the door. Yeah, so he did. Well, I... I suppose he did that so we wouldn't be wandering around the palace. You think that's all? I think so. He received us well enough. He wouldn't have given a safe conduct from Tunis and the Guard of Honor through the city if he was planning any treachery. Why not? Well, I, I'm not sure, but I just don't think so. Besides, look at the handsome little room he's put us in. Those tiles and beautiful hangings. Uh, that's an awfully small window. Yes, I know what you're thinking, Farrell. <laughs> but it happens to be a main characteristic of their architecture. Small windows make for coolness. It is cool. Kind of damp, even. Look. There's water dripping down from the ceiling. Well, it rained yesterday. It must be a leak. How can you be so calm? Because we've got to keep our heads. 
don't you honestly think something is dead wrong? No, I don't know. The base seems to be stalling. That's what bothers me. He doesn't seem ready to talk about the treaty, even though he invited us here for that. Yeah. Hey, those windows down in the court with bars across them. They look like prison cells. Certainly do. And look at that ugly-looking citizen going in there with the scimitar in his hands. Look, you can see the harbor from here. Big ship is dropping anchor. I wish to heaven I was on it. Mm. Say, that's it. What? That's what he's stalling for. He's waiting for news. We've kept talking about naval victories, and he wants to wait for the facts. And if that ship brings the wrong kind of news, it can undo all the work we've done. Have you so little faith in your country that you think that the news could only be bad news? I don't know. It's this being cut off that drives you crazy, not knowing what's happening. Yes? The Americani will follow, please. Victory? Ah, uh, yes. 
I have only just learned that one of your ships has brought into the harbor of Tunis several captured British vessels. It is an important victory. Well, yes, it's uh, well, it's it's just as we expected. Of course. Now we were speaking of a treaty. Yes, illustrious protector. The same sort of treaty as we have with the Bay of Tunis. Of course. <laughs> I. Uh, I've amused you. <laughs> I am laughing at a at a proverb, an American proverb. A good one? Oh, an excellent one, Protector, an excellent one. It goes like this. Set a thief to catch a thief. Set a thief to... I do not understand it, but it amuses me. <laughs> <laughs> it amuses me, too. <laughs> Our cavalcade play was written by Russell Hughes. Featured in tonight's cast were Ted Osborne, Dan Ocko, Milton Herman, Bob Dryden, Frank Behrens, and Rolf Sedan. I hope you found the Algerian adventure entertaining as you paint your figures and build your terrain. It is time to end this podcast, but, but not before I remind you that I'll be dropping another show in a week to continue my 10 reviews that shook the world series and the October review revolution. Also, remember, Shot and Shield Supercast is brought to you by Dr. Harold's Miniatures and Collectibles. We have a promo code for this month, October of 2023, where you can save 20% on your purchase. The Dr. Harold's promo code is SHOT20. Visit drharold.myshopify.com. That's drharold.myshopify.com. Place your order and use the promo code SHOT20 to get 20% off your purchase. And you've been listening in Iowa City, Iowa, Dublin, Ireland, and Sydney, Australia to Shot and Shield, a podcast dedicated to 19th century wargaming and history, a program meant to be heard while you're painting your miniatures and building your terrain. I have been your host, the Grand Duke Scott of the Duchy of Florida, and I'm out. This has been a production of the Experience 13 Podcast Network. 13! Your electricity.